Hello, this is Alex Granado, Senior Reporter for Education NC, and you're listening to Ed Talk. Today, we're talking with Keith Poston. He is the Executive Director and President of the Public School Forum of North Carolina. Keith, thank you for being here. Thanks for inviting me. And uh, we're going to talk about a variety of things. Uh, this week, your Eggs and Issues annual event is coming up. But first, I wanted to ask you, this is also School Choice Week. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, your thoughts on School Choice and School Choice Week. Well, we actually, school choice is, is, in, is one of the issues we talk about in this year's top 10, as we, as we often do. Um, you know, it's, it's an it's interesting issue for the public school forum because we were uh, involved at the beginning with charter school legislation. We actually were supportive of the, the notion of, of charter schools coming to North Carolina, uh, for them being uh, laboratories of innovation that we could uh, perhaps learn from and, and, and take those you know, learnings and best practices you know, into our public schools. And so that was something that the forum, I think that was in around 1996. Um, school choice has become a very different animal. Uh, since that time, um, you know, in the last uh, seven years, the the, the charter school cap um, was lifted. The hundred school charter cap was lifted, and what we've seen is really a big growth in a lot of um, uh, for-profit charters, uh, charter chains, and uh, national chains coming in. We've almost doubled the number of charter schools, but then really the biggest change has been uh, the addition of private school vouchers, the Opportunity Scholarship Program, the, the addition of the personal education savings accounts. We have a lot of concerns uh, about those moves uh, in terms of education in North Carolina because, you know, uh, you know from the public school forum's perspective, our, um, our public schools are underfunded and the idea that we have uh, additional resources uh, to funnel uh, to private schools often for-profit private schools with very little transparency and oversight, um, we think is a problem. Um, you know, there are some that suggest, you know, that we can do both. I think, well, let's, let's adequately and fully fund our public education system that serves the vast majority of North Carolina. If there's, if there's money left over at that point, then maybe we can talk about um, uh, for something for the private schools. I find school choice really interesting because I do think there is a, a very sharp distinction between charter schools and opportunity scholarships, but kind of in the public debate, they've both gotten lumped in together under the heading of school choice. And I wonder if, if opportunity scholarships was not part of the discussion, whether school choice would be as controversial as it's become in North Carolina. Um, I think it, I, I agree with you. And I, I think, um, I think it has been to the detriment of public charter schools um, who, you know, some who have worked very hard to distance themselves from some of the, um, uh, you know, more privatization, you know, for-profit schools. Um, you know, but I've got a lot. I mean, I have history um, my, as a parent in this. My daughter went to a traditional um, district elementary school, then she went to a charter middle school, and then she went to a traditional district um, uh, high school. And then she's, and now she's a senior at the North Carolina School of Science and Math, which is a residential high school under the university system. So I've seen a lot of, of, of pieces of this, but I think you're right. I think the, the private school vouchers, a lot of states, that's kind of the, um, the bridge too far for them. And they've, they've um, you know, Tennessee, for example, has just recently not, not moving forward with that, even though they have charter schools. I think the, um, there's a lot more comfort, I think, with charter schools um, in some in the sort of you know public education space, um, but there is I think um, reasonable concern about the sort of unfettered growth and sort of the lack of 
consideration about the impact on the, the, the public schools. I mean, there used to be more thought given to, okay, what is this going to do to the local school system? What is it going to do with funding? Where are the schools, where are the kids going to come from? And frankly, are they bringing something different to the table? I mean, I visited a number of charter schools that do a great job. I visit a lot of traditional public schools that do a great job. And sometimes they don't look any different other than they have a charter in their name. And so when you put a charter school down the road uh, from um, a public high school in a county, and the only difference is you don't provide free and reduced lunch, and you don't provide transportation, and you don't have sports programs, what happens is you basically become, um, you know, sort of a place for flight um, and you increase segregation in some of our counties. We've seen it. I mean, the, the charter schools in North Carolina are, um, are, are less diverse than our public schools, but actually when you look at them school by school, it's sometimes they're almost all white or all black. I mean, it's very um, interesting. So, yeah, there's, there, we're, we're in a different, I think we're in a crossroads right now. I think the, the public charters need to decide um, you know, you know about the quality and what they want to focus on, or you know, are they all sort of throwing their lot in with you know any and everything that comes along in terms of uh, you know private schools, um, private charter schools? And so I want to move on to eggs and issues, and I want to start ask uh, actually by asking you to give us a little bit of history of eggs and issues and, and how it came about and, and what the goal of this annual program is well this is a this is always a fun week um, uh, for us honestly this is our fourth annual uh, event the the idea of a top 10 issues is not um, new for us it actually started with my predecessor John Dornan who used to most basically pen an op-ed it was or an article where he would forecast what the issues would be we stopped doing that for a few years when I started with the forum I joined the forum um, as executive director in January of 2014 so four years ago uh, just a couple weeks ago I wanted to resurrect the idea of the top 10 and I actually the the, the notion of a kickoff event called Eggs and Issues that was around education policy. Um, I, I stole from the uh, Georgia Chamber of Commerce. I used to live in Atlanta uh, and, and worked uh, in communications down there, and they had an annual uh, legislative kickoff breakfast called Eggs and Issues, which I always thought was a, was a clever name, and I just got the idea of combining let's get everyone together and let's use that as a, a place for us to release our top 10 and make it more substantive than just a article. And so we used it to, um, to sort of forecast the issues that we think are gonna be the most important, but we also used it as a way to say things we think should be the most important, even if they're not going to be. Um, so it's, it's a little bit different than what the forum used to do. It's a little bit of a new hybrid. So it was just something that our team came up with uh, you know, back in 2014, and we had our very first one in January of 2015. So this will be our fourth. And since this is the fourth, are there are there subjects that you find coming up on the top 10 every year? Teacher pay is almost always going to be discussed. It's it's taking a different um, um, flavor this year and even last year because we've seen movement in that. So I mean, teacher pay and teacher compensation is always going to be. Um, an issue and, and just compensation in general for educators. Uh, the issue of um, teacher pipeline is probably going to be that I think was something we've talked about every year. The um, school choice, uh, which we, you asked me about at the very beginning, we've had something around school choice every year. So there are going to be sometimes some brand new issues emerging. There'll be some that are, um, um, 
you know, maybe less important one year and you can sort of forecast that they're probably going to be um, big. But you know what, the idea of forecasting issues at the beginning of the year or what's going to be the most important is kind of a tricky business. We're not always right. Well, and, and you also mentioned that sometimes you like to forecast things that you think should be the most important but aren't necessarily going to be. Give, give me an example of, of those kinds of things. Well, for example, we have the, this year um, we're going to talk about race equity and issues of race in, in education and, and the fact that uh, race is such a determining factor in educational outcomes and why. We've included that the last two years, and we will again this year. It's going to be an issue that's talked about but is it a is it a, a major policy issue? Are we going to see things happen this year or last year? Probably not. I mean, we may see a, a few things, but for us, our top ten issues, we're not a traditional like we're not a membership association. We're not a traditional advocacy group that has a um, a legislative agenda. You know, our top ten is not the public school forum's legislative agenda, but we do use our top ten to say, all right. For these issues, these are, some, these are some of the things we, as the public school forum, believe that our leaders should keep in mind when they're working on them. So we approach legislation and, and lobbying and legislative activity more as um, trying to be constructive and, and say, all right, but, we're, but also not afraid to tell the truth. So we'll say, look, what you're doing here is great. Um, what you're doing here, we think it could be better if you do it this way. And what you're doing here is terrible, and there's and and we really think it's a bad idea. So, what we hope is that when people read through our top ten issues, they will see that we're trying to be, you know, sort of um, you know balanced and objective. We, uh, it's not sort of a dictate. These are the things we want to see pass, and if we can check these three or four boxes, we've had a good year in the legislature. We, these are business important issues that affect the achievement uh, for our students, and we're trying to be um, helpful. And so give me a, a preview. You always have a lot of different guests come and, and kind of different aspects to the actual program. So give me an idea of what people can expect on Wednesday. Well, I can, I can tell you that one that's going to be at the top of the list is the, is the class size mandate. Uh, this is one, is an example of one that we really whiffed on last year. And I can tell you what happened. I, we were back in December, let's see, 2016, we were working on the publication and the legislature was coming back in for a special session, and that was actually the special session to look at um, HB2. Uh, it was after the election, and every indication was like, well, we know this is an issue, this class size mandate, there's some unintended consequences, there was the House was going to pass something. It looked almost dead certain. There was no way this was going to drag out through the next year, and so we literally just, we just took it out because I didn't want to put out a top 10 list at the end of January and have an issue that was already resolved. But we missed on that one because it really is, is, has been the dominant political policy issue when it comes to education. So that's going to be one. School finance reform for sure is on our list this year. Um, there's so much activity between the Joint Legislative Task Force on Ed Reform. There's the Governor's Commission. There is the Leandro um, you know, activity. So school finance is going to be one. Certainly recruiting and retaining teachers and principals. Um, uh, that's one that's going to be on our list. 
We're going to, you know, sort of give you know, kudos on things like the new Teaching Fellows Program. That was one last year on our list as we encouraged the legislature to create a new teacher scholarship program to replace the Teaching Fellows Program. That happened. So that's a plus, but that's one where we say, all right, but we need to keep expanding that because it's a, it's a much smaller program than we used to have. And principal pay. We're going to talk about that. The legislature um, put some, uh, a great deal of money toward increasing principal pay, but there are some issues with how it's rolling out that we'd like to see it, it tweaked this year. So that, that's a good example. A to F school grading. We've used that one for three years, and that's back on the list because it's still the same bad system that it was when we first brought it up four years ago. Um, and then we're going to talk um, about early childhood education. I think that's one of the areas that has been um, encouraging uh, to see a lot of bipartisan um, uh, coalescing around that and that really wasn't always the case even four years ago I give a lot of credit uh, to the Early Childhood Foundation and the pathways of uh, early childhood work that's been going on to sort of bring people along but I remember four years ago we were still having debates um, about whether investments in early childhood actually sustained and that it was worth doing. So uh, that's one of those that I think we've seen some movement um, over the years on. And, uh, and you also have different guests who come for the event. Who, who's coming this year? Well, we have a great panel this year. Last year, we were very fortunate. We had Governor Cooper, who had just, you know, because of the delays in the election, had literally just been sworn in. So he was our guest last year. This year, we're back to our panel setup like we've done in previous years. So we have Representative Craig Horn. You can't have an education panel without Craig Horn on it, and he's always a, 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 a fun guest and an insightful guest. We have Senator Valerie Fushi, who is a Democratic senator from Chapel Hill. Um, um, she's uh, very thoughtful. We've got Lisa Godwin, who has been the uh, amazing 2017 North Carolina Teacher of the Year. And then we have Seppi Saidi. Seppi is the uh, CEO of Seppi Engineering um, and just a really um, uh, dynamic business executive. Um, you know, also has a, you know, a great story, you know, being a, um, you know, a, a woman and a woman of color, you know, coming up in a, um, you know, in engineering in a STEM field. So I'm sure that will be something we'll talk about. So yeah, we'll do our top 10 uh, list. Uh, I'll be presenting that together with Rachel Beaulieu, our senior policy advisor, and then we'll transition to a panel discussion that I'll moderate, which will be part of our Education Matters show. That'll be next week's show. And, and so you all have this come out more or less the same time every year. And, um, you know, always in the spring, there's usually a short session or a long session. And um, so, so I'm sure it's on the mind of legislators. I'm curious, do you get feedback from legislators on this or do you just kind of put it out there in the world and see what happens? No, we actually we, we get feedback. We actually hand deliver copies of um, all of our studies. The, the local school finance study this year, we actually moved it up and accelerated um, the production and publication of that report, which we issued two weeks ago, just so we could get it in the hands of legislators who are working on school finance. Now, this one, yeah, we absolutely take it and we and we talk to them. We get feedback. Um, you know, we get feedback about how they liked it. We get feedback about um, you guys are nuts and <laughs> you know why did you say that? Um, you know, we have legislators who come to our event and they will always give us feedback one way or the other. And of course, you know, Twitter is a great place to always, to get feedback on. Uh, <laughs> may not always be the most uh, um, uh, nuanced feedback, but we'll get it. But yeah, no, I I find um, I find the legislators um, in the House and the Senate very open to talk, and I also find that um, uh, the majority of them. Um, 
care about education and care about public education. I think that there are some, particularly in the Senate, that are a lot more excited about um, private school vouchers and, and, and school choice than they are about supporting uh, public schools. But I think it's a, it's a difference in um, style, not that they don't care uh, about children or education. So, you know, I think that they, um, um, I appreciate them talking to us. I, I appreciate them coming on our TV show and, and talking. And um, um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely be looking for some feedback. And so we're recording this on Monday of the week that uh, Eggs and Issues is happening. It's happening on Wednesday. That's the day that this podcast is coming out. So for those listening right now, you want to tell them uh, uh, you know, where it is, what time it is, and all that sort of yeah, thing? Yeah, we're have the, the event is um, 7, 7.30 Wednesday morning and, um, uh, at Marbles Kids Museum in Raleigh. We are thankful that the snow happened last Wednesday and not this coming Wednesday. I think we're looking at a high of 60. We have about 250 people. It's another sellout event. We've sold out every year. In fact, in, inevitably, it, it sells out faster and faster. We... Um, uh, we have uh, considered moving to bigger venues, but uh, we love the, 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 the vibe of, of Marbles Kids Museum. And honestly, I kind of like the fact that people are um, clamoring to get in. It's, um, it's always a, um, a, a, a sort of a family vibe to it. These are all, you wouldn't be there if you didn't care about education. And so we end up seeing a lot of people, um, a lot of maybe we haven't seen since, the, uh, since before the holidays, a good chance to catch up and have breakfast and coffee. And we try to make the program um, lively. I mean, look, these are serious issues, um, um, but they don't have to be um, dull and they don't have to be, you know, morose and they don't have to be so partisan. We have fun. I mean, like, I'm sure we'll probably, we inevitably will we'll probably insult somebody and, you know, somebody will make laugh and that's okay. I mean, I think people know, I hope they know me and they know the organization well enough now that um, we're, you know, we're trying to be um, um, helpful players in the space. Well, Keith, thanks so much for talking with me. Thanks, Alex. I appreciate it. We've been talking with Keith Poston. He is the executive director and president of the Public School Forum of North Carolina. And I'm Alex Granados, senior reporter for Education NC. And you've been listening to Ed Talk. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.